Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed, so I call your name. Hello and welcome to Science of Life Radio. I'm Kimberly Saavedra, Director of the Comlock Center, and Betty Kovach, Janet Mayer, and I have the pleasure of spending this evening with you. And it's the fourth Thursday of the month, so that means this show is dedicated to you, your stories, your experiences, your questions about ideas that define mainstream thinking and experiences about those ultra-interesting, out-of-the-way experiences. And although mediums provide a valuable connection to the deceased, this show centers around your direct experiences, which do not involve a medium. And so co-hosts, Dr. Betty J. Kovach, author of The Miracle of Death and Merchants of Light, and Janet Mayer, Forever Family, certified medium and author of Spirits, They Are Present, also join me in welcoming you to tonight's show. And before we get started with our greetings, I would like to give you the call-in numbers so that you can participate in this conversation. So, six two, excuse me, 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. Hello, Betty and Janet. Hi, Kim and Janet. Hi, Kim. Hi, Betty. It's good to be here. It's always good to be with you. <laughs> many great ideas that are sizzling <laughs> and ready to be released. Oh, no, not too much. Just um, I'm looking for an enlightening evening. So I hope we get some really good callers. Um, the only thing interesting that's happened in the past week is I had someone wake me up one morning and I just heard somebody say, wake up, Janet. And I woke up and sat up and went, OK. And then I looked around and I'm like, I, I woke my husband up. I'm like, did you just talk? Did you talk in your sleep? Did you tell me to wake up? He's like, um, no, I'm, you know, you just woke me up. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking it was a female that came through and wanted to have a conversation or maybe just stay in tune with me. You know how that happens where the other side is just, I guess, trying to make sure that you're paying attention. So that's kind of what I was doing. And it was kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I think, you know, the more that we look around the world and the more we are inundated with uh, the pathology of the world, the more we value those connections to the other side. Uh, just mm-hmm. even something like waking you up to just make you think, wait, wait, yes, I'll wake up and be in touch with them. I think it's so important. And uh, I've, I've been thinking so much about it lately. I wanted to read just one thing from Carl Jung. He was having a discussion with someone about his therapy. And of all that I've read of Jung, I hadn't read this before, and I love it. So I'm going to read it to everybody tonight. It's short. <laughs> no, go for it. He says to the person who's interviewing him, you were quite right. The main interest of my work is not concerned with the treatment of the neurosis, but rather with the approach to the numinous. 
the approach to the other side and our own experiences of it. But the fact is that the approach to the numinous is the real therapy. And in as much as you attain to the numinous experiences, you are released from the curse of pathology. Then he adds, even the very disease takes on a numinous uh, character. And, you know, when we look around the world, we're just saying, oh, that is so pathological. What is wrong with us? We're killing each other. We're destroying whole worlds. What is wrong with us? And governments are lying and doing all kinds of, of destructive things. And I think that what our culture has lost, but I think we're very much in the process of finding it, is how to experience the numinous. And that's why this program, why it's so important if anyone is sitting up there having something that you're thinking about calling in about, do so, because it's wonderful that you had it. And it's it's equally wonderful if you can share it with people, because we need to remember that the numinous, this, this world of light and love and consciousness centered in the organ of soul, which is the heart, is what will heal all of us. And so I guess that's a, a theme that's in my life right now. Right. Well, it, it's a, that's in a lot of people's lives. You're right. It's true. And, and I think that, you know, and you're explaining to it that is, you know, we have these life lessons. And it's kind of like if you look at everything going on and everything as a lesson, you know, I, I guess that's how I look at things. Maybe, you know, everybody has their own way, but it's, you know, the same with, you know, when there's grief is that it takes us down this path that we weren't expecting, or maybe in some cases we were eventually expecting it, you know, knowing something was going to happen. But, you know, these lessons out there, when you see the world and all the things falling apart and all around us, we, you know, you can go out, but then you're, you know, you have that same exact world in your own daily life. A lot of times when, you know, you are experiencing grief or when you're going through something, you know, so many changes and it's like, you know, there's war and there's these horrible people around you and, and you're trying to figure out where you can go and in what direction. And I think that, you know, grief totally changes you. It puts you in a whole different place because it's so, you know, oftentimes, like I said, unexpected. And then when someone comes through to you and you get a message from them or you get a sign, it just takes you to this, you know, pinnacle, this wonderful, beautiful place that you didn't know exist. And you realize that, you know, oh my gosh, I can have this connection. I can, you know, connect with my loved one in some way. And, and I think too, a lot of times people think, oh, that probably wasn't them. You know, oh, I probably didn't get that. And, I'm, you know, for me, I always tell people, please do just simply accept it as a message and say, thank you and be open to when it happens next time so that you can receive more and you can, you know, have that interaction with a loved one from the other side, you know, that you might be thinking, you know, somebody tells you, oh, that can't happen. You know, don't listen to them. It can happen. You know, it happens every day. We have all kinds of people that come through us all the time. You know, you can have a loved one just drop in and give you a message. And sometimes like, even like when you were talking about with, you know, the war and with everything going on, it's sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, you know, can you offer us any help? You know, can you give us anything? Is You know, can you rally the troops on the other side? Is is there anything they can do? And and we just have, you know, I just try to be open to whatever needs to come through. And hopefully they'll, they'll help make some changes happen, even if we don't always see them. You know what I mean? 
Yes, and it's it's so true in our in Western culture that we tend to think, oh, that couldn't have been, <laughs> because that's what our culture has been built on. Is right. that mythology that there is nothing to come through? There is no other side, and it's it's such a shock to me to realize that in the universities that uh, the humanities departments, for example, are still even more so being dominated and at least attempted to control uh, by science and engineering, mathematics, uh, that it's uh, it's just our curse, you might say, this pathology, that there is nothing. But really, if we, we think about it, I mean, if we want to use the metaphor of the Big Bang, here is consciousness just exploding, and it's in every plant and stone and drop of water, in every one of us and in the animals, and they all, we all have different ways of being in the world and communicating with each other, and the better thing to think is, why wouldn't something be communicating with me? Because our ancestors could actually experience the consciousness of trees and and of the animals, and what an enchanted world that would be for us to live in. Not that we make it up, but it's really there and it's really communicating with us. And certainly our ancestors had, many of them, had that kind of connection with uh, the consciousness in all things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you know, and, and, and that was what you said is so true because we really were never taught that when we were being, you know, when we were raised in the Western culture. We were, you know, you went to school, you learned what you were supposed to learn in the books and you went from there. And it was like, if we would have, if we could have only taught all the children, you know, now I'm hoping more and more children are learning, you know, especially from the parents and especially from what they have gone through or what they have experienced that they can teach, you know, their children how to connect or either, even with themselves, they can learn to connect and and just, you know, have that relationship in their own way. It doesn't have to be a specific way. It can be in their own way with a loved one. And, you know, we've never, we never had that when, I mean, I didn't growing up. I didn't, you know, I never went to school where they taught this. It just was happening around me and I, I couldn't figure it out. I had to kind of, you know, muddle through it and figure out what, what am I, you know, I'm experiencing this. What does it mean? And, and I think that that's really important now is when people are having these experiences to share them like with their family, with their loved ones, with their kids, if, you know, if, if they're at the age that they feel that they can handle it and, and let them know what's going on and, and do it in a loving way and say, Hey, you know, grandmother came through or, or, you know, your, you know, sibling came through and they gave us this message. And, and I think if we did that more, that would bring so much more awareness to our planet that would help in so many different ways, you know? Yeah, and sometimes we don't understand strange things happen and we don't understand them completely. But my feeling is just hold on to it. Uh, you know, sometimes we try to dismiss it by saying, oh, that was just a coincidence. Or, But my feeling is it's a meaningful one. Let's hold on to all of these strange things that happen to us, even when we don't understand them, because they will begin to connect probably later on. I've had experiences or dreams or visions that I understood partly at the time. And over the years, sometimes many years, I've been just absolutely amazed when I began to see the connections that I hadn't seen before. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a process of holding and being open to them right. and, and trying to uh, protect ourselves from 
the old world view of nothingness, which is still pretty strong, uh, because the only thing I knew when I was growing up was the church, uh, and that was of a God that was somewhere else, mm-hmm. and, and matter uh, was not uh, sacred and divine and spirit. Uh, although my church, the church was very good, very loving people, but they didn't know uh, how to connect, didn't have the the experience or the knowledge of how to really connect with that other world. I think it's wonderful with you, Janet, that you have that gift of experiencing it so easily. I think I got pulled in my search for meaning or is there something else? I got pulled into the rational world. And I was always looking through the rational to try to find the other side until uh, I had had been kind of um, cemented into the rational world. So I had to work to get out of it. Um, right. Just always been there with these experiences. Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, you know, you said, like, I have always known, but when I was young and it first happened, like when I was five and I could see my dad standing in the doorway and I could see through him. You know, to me, he was a ghost and I didn't understand it, but I knew I saw it. And I, to this day, I can still go back to that moment and I can picture it super clear in my mind. And, you know, when you're that little and then nobody's talking about it, then you're kind of like, well, you know, why, why did I see this? And, and then you become kind of afraid because it doesn't make sense to you. So you're trying to make it, you know, fit into something that, you know, and when it's the only thing would be a ghost, then you're, you know, you don't, then you become afraid and then you go to church and you're waiting for them to talk about the normal people, you know, not all the people in the Bible and, you know, all these prophets and saints. And you're like, well, what about us normal people? You know, I saw this and, and I just waited, just waited. And, and so I think that threw me into something of, you know, this whole path of my whole life of, okay, I know what I saw. I know what happened. I know these things are happening, but how do I put them together? So I think that, you know, everybody comes from their own angle and you see things in your own way. And, and I think that it's beautiful, but it also can be really frightening because you don't know in what direction to walk. And so, you know, like if somebody does hear something from or receive a message from a loved one, it can be wonderful, but it can also be like, whoa, 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 what just happened? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's really important. What you say is that if this is happening, then why isn't everybody talking about it? Why isn't there validation of it? You know, right. it's one of the most phenomenal things happen. And I, there was a time in my life when, you know, we were watching the crop circles. Now, some of them are made by people, but others simply are not. And we know they are not. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I would think, I thought at the time, you know, this is the kind of thing that should be on the news, you right. know? And showing these beautiful circles that absolutely transform you by looking at them. And nobody's talking about it. Right. And that's true. And I mean, and I think that's why, too, you know, Forever Family is so wonderful because they offer that. You know, they're they're allowing people to, you know, connect with them and say, hey, you know, I've had this experience. Or like tonight, you know, if anybody wants to call in, feel free. But it's like, you know, everybody has experiences a lot of times. People don't want to talk about it. A lot of times they do, and then they get shut down by other people. And it's like, you know, we have to get that out into the world, you know, with a new narrative. I'm saying, you know, this is make it become normal where we see this and we get, you know, we have love from it. We get um, compassion and comfort from it. And then we can move on with our day. And that helps us move forward. 
And I think that's really important. And I don't think that always happens, you know, and I, especially too with people who don't, who've never had an experience because an experience really does change you. And sometimes you can't make somebody understand that experience because it's so deep for you, but to them, it's just a story. And so I think when, you know, you, we have to bring more awareness to people. So everyone who has any kind of experience can kind of, you know, come together and, and connect and say, well, you know, mine wasn't like that, but I had this. And I think that makes a difference. You know, people have dreams and they're like, well, it's just a dream. And I'm like, well, not always. You know that, Betty. It's not always a dream. It's, you know, it's a connection. I can remember at the university, all of us were, or the college where I taught, we all had our offices down one hallway and you could, we could hear each other. And I, so often I would hear, oh, that's too much. What a crazy dream. Well, that's just a dream. Don't think about that. Don't worry about it. You know, it was, so many people have, uh, yeah, it's just, I had my, my students when we were studying mythology of the world, and that's certainly the dreams and visions of people all over the world, the spiritual experiences. And students would come to my office and say, I have never in my life told anyone this. And I agree with you that for every family has given people the opportunity to uh, be honored and to honor this type of experience. It's, uh, it's so valuable. And I don't know of any organization like that when I was younger. <laughs> you know, it's really very oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, even look at, you know, all the books that, you know, you can you can buy now that back yeah. then, you know, in the 70s or back, you know, earlier, they didn't even have. And I mean, like Forever Family has a huge list of books you can pick from. I mean, you can just go down the list and whatever, you know, resonates with you get. But, you know, back then they didn't have that. And so, you know, if you didn't want to talk to somebody about it, and you couldn't read about it, then you're sitting there trying to figure it out on your own. And, and in a way, I mean, yeah, you do have to do that. But at the same point now, we don't have to do that all the way. We can have help from all around us, which oh, is really beautiful. Yeah, because that was my journey of going on a search for it. And uh, it was a circle outside the system. You know? mm -hmm. But, you know, I was reading the other day about... Uh, a quantum physicist today who very clearly and openly says that when she was a child, she had experiences like you, Janet, of seeing someone in her room. And she says very distinctively that it was Toph, the Egyptian god, uh, or it was a, a spirit being who came to her uh, when she was a child and for a long time and taught her of physics and mathematics, quantum physics. And that's why she's so good today. And here she's a scientist and she's saying that. And wow. Yeah, I love it. Oh my God. That's wonderful. I didn't I didn't hear about that story. That's great. Yeah, I love hearing about that. I'm going to yeah. walk across her room yeah. and get her name. Oh, Carry that's on. Good. I'll be back. <laughs> Janet, in, in reference to the, the Forever Family Foundation, like um, book references, book lists, recommended books, they have an extensive list on so many different categories so if any of our listeners want to go there you would likely find whatever your subject matter um is and plenty of options underneath it and i think also that's probably a way that you can support forever family foundation um without um opening your pocketbook if you're going to buy something anyway might as well use the link from their archive library and um Oh, yeah, I do that through Amazon. Every right. book I order, that something way, goes to free. We receive and we give, and mm -hmm. we receive and we give. Yes, this is right. the, 
I, I was pretty sure it was her name, but I wanted to be sure I didn't say something wrong. Jude Curvin. Okay. Uh, and she's written The Cosmic Hologram. And it's uh, information at the center of creation. She's just an amazing woman. And that was her experience as a child. And she is not reluctant to say it, <laughs> to tell that that's story. So it's wonderful, yeah. That's such a great story. I'm looking, I'll have to get that. Yeah, that's really interesting. There's so many people who still believe in the old paradigm because they haven't had the experience themselves. And you, as you said, Jenna, when you haven't had the experience, it is so hard to understand or take it seriously or know what people are talking about. Uh, until I had had an, such an experience, I didn't know. But when I had it, it was like, oh, <laughs> my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the most incredible. And uh, I think that that's exactly how people feel. It's like you couldn't imagine the the depth and the scope and the beauty and the love. And near-death experiencers talk about that. They want to try to explain it, but they just can't quite. The, the love and the beauty and the light and and the whole design of the universe and what we're all involved in. It's just so amazing once one has experienced even a little slice of it. Right. You know you know the kind of when you were talking what it reminded me of and I had to smile is it's kind of like when you go into an art museum and you're walking by, you know, this picture, you know, each portrait or a big picture something by a famous you know artist and you know some things just don't really resonate and you're just kind of like eh, okay yeah that's it's like why is that there you know and and then all of a sudden you turn a corner and you see something and it's like wow it just hits you and you're not sure why it hit you but it hit you and you just think it is the most awesome piece something you would have never imagined you you know couldn't fathom and suddenly it's just like oh my gosh I love it I, I just love this. And it, it gives you this feeling that none of those other pictures gave you. And it's the same way with when you have an experience. All these people can tell you, you know, they had an experience. They had an experience. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, okay, that's great. And then you have one and it's like, boom, it just blows up. And you're it's all around you and it's all within you and it's coming through you. And, and you can't, you just can't say enough about it in words. You can't get the words. The words aren't there. There's not enough words in our vocabulary to express a feeling or an experience that came through. And then when you try to explain it, it's almost kind of dull and you don't want to say it like that, but it can be because you're losing some of the impact, which I know that a lot of times when I'll share a story, I think, man, it was so much more than that. It was so much more beautiful than that. Or like one time I, I remember I had even experienced the colors. I said they weren't earth colors and it wasn't an earth love but that was the best I could do because I couldn't explain what it was. And so, you know, you take the best you can and you just have to remember that when you have your experience and then someone else shares their experience, you can kind of remember yours and say, yeah, I understand what you're telling me. I know that you felt that because I had a feeling like that. And, and it's, it's beautiful. And then you want more. And then you have, you know, you try to be open more. And have more experiences by simply allowing someone else, you know, your loved one to come through and give you another sign or, or, you know, something to show you that they're around. And, and it's just, it's so beautiful that it's hard to explain how it feels to someone else. And when they have it, then they get it that much more. And that's kind of how I look at it, like with a painting, 
you know, you see something and that's what it is. And and so when you were explaining that a minute ago, I'm thinking, oh, that's like when I go to the art museum and I'm like, why is that picture there? <laughs> you yeah. know, well, so. our education has not has not really done ad- an adequate job in well, it's done hardly any job in developing and nurturing the other brain components other than the rational brain. They do mm-hmm. stuff with, you know, being in sports helps and music and art, as you say, and writing and that kind of thing. But it's, I envision a civilization if we truly want to heal our pathology is for a civilization's educational system to open the heart the heart and mm-hmm. symbolic brain so that we can that can flow freely into the into the logical brain because it's been known for a long time that of the various brain components we now say uh right and left brain that the right brain that the symbolic dreaming visionary mystical mind is earlier develops earlier than the rational conceptual mind and it actually feeds information to the left brain that the left brain then converts into conceptual logical thinking. We need to know that and nurture that right brain, that symbolic, dreaming, visionary mind, because that's the root of art and our our connectedness to the universe. And we've got a long way to go. The first thing that is ever cut in education uh, will be the arts, you know, because it's really, you know, and in our thinking. So. Uh Well, and, you know, I I think that's one reason, too, why um, another thing like with um, the Forever Family, like a lot of the mediums offer classes. And I think that's really cool because you can go to the websites, check their websites out, see what classes they have and go to whoever resonates with you. And I always think that's really cool. Now, I don't I don't offer classes. So, you know, there's no hype for me. I'm just trying to let people know out there, too, if they want to, you know, attend any classes and learn more. That's a great way to do it is to go to some of the other mediums and and hit their, you know, go to their classes and learn different techniques. Well, so, oh, I think we have a caller. Yeah, we I think so. Do. Guess who's back? Who? Jamil. Hi, Jamil. Hi. Do you remember Hi. Jamil? Yes, oh, yes. Oh, I'm glad you called. We're glad you called. Yes, great. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you? you so much. Well, I'm doing all right. How are you all? Great to hear your voices. You're doing good. We're glad to hear yours rather than our own. (laughs) 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 I wanted to, you know, give some space, but I've been really looking forward to um, joining you again. And I really appreciate your conversation. This is Don Newsome. I have to break in because I recognize that voice. Oh, 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 I love you, lady. How are you doing? I love you too, Don. Oh my God, I love you so much. Oh, I gosh. really do. I miss you. I miss you, sweetheart. Thank you. Yeah, I'm emerging finally from that amazing cocoon of grieving and 
Oh, yeah. what a glorious time to be alive. Well, no, oh, that's we so wonderful. You. It is. We love yeah. you. I'm going to let you do your, your talk. Thanks, Tom. Oh, gosh. That's so great. My heart just went <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I just like, oh, that's Jamil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> We have the warm oh, fuzzy. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> so okay. what? No, where are you no. now? Talk to us, Jimmy. Talk to us. Tell us things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so appreciate that. Oh, wow. Well, I um, uh, gosh, I really appreciate so many of the themes you've, you've started with and the transformation of our pathology to luminance, uh, luminescent, luminance. What was the word? Something like that. Yes, it was exactly. Luminance. Yes. Yeah. The light. The love. Yeah. And that experience also of the way our education has really done the opposite of taking us there and even exploring it as an opportunity and then how we find it anyway how the the greater part of our being is perhaps even seeking that somehow in especially in the stressful situations there's that sort of natural call out where's god or light or mercy or whatever it is you know there's there's something in us that will always find that which is really phenomenal and so i wanted to um offer you the the sharing from last month you really helped me uh, focus on the communion that I had with my mother. And so I wanted to share with you all that I have the the great blessing of three mothers. And um, Juliet uh, was my second mother. So to put a little context in the sharing, which applies with all of your themes so far, and I'll be brief is uh, so I don't interrupt other callers. So please nudge me if there's another caller in the the queue. Like, I really appreciate that. Um, so my, my biological mother took care of my physical body. My soul mother, Juliet, came into my life at 18. And she and I shared our earth walk for 27 years until I saw her take her last breath. And my third mother is still with us. She's been my mother for 20-plus years. She's the mother I share time and space in the garden with. I'm I'm an avid gardener. Um, Turns out I'm finding myself to be far more than a gardener of the soil. I'm enjoying the alchemy of gardening. Um, That's another subject. But gardening is just the metaphor works. So with my mother and I... um, my soul mother, Juliet, she really, the, my childhood offered no conversation about spirituality, but what it did do, the biggest blessing of my childhood was there was no religion. There was nobody telling me that my, what I call to this day and always called as a child, my friends in high places. My visitors, my Merlin, I had a Merlin character that was constantly in my room. Yeah, it was the long bearded one, right? That one was 
the one I saw often, and uh, my dreams were extremely poignant, and they manifest, and I started recognizing that as a young child, and they saved my life. I really I didn't question that, and I'm, I am grateful to forever that I had no religion to confuse me. That no religion ever intervened and told me that anything going on inside was bad or wrong or in the demon or going to send me to hell or, you know, later on I learned about those pathologies that religion has bestowed on our sacred psychic space and I'm really grateful that that was not interrupted, which allowed me the receptivity when I did uh, meet my soul mother, Juliet. She and I acknowledged immediately that we were destined. And I had dreams as a teen that I was going to meet her and followed the signs, which are too many to detail, but I knew she was coming. So my biological family expired and it just, I outgrew it. And she came in my life at the time when my questions were right. She was ready and there to answer. She brought me into everything, what we call the occult. She brought me into the tarot and the runes and all the ways that we can use tools. She completely validated all of my intuitive uh, followings, leanings, dreams. And with her, she and I really had very few days uh, that we did not know where each other were. We were visit- we were very, very close. And we this is before cell phones and all that. We just had a very strong telepathic communion. And so I've been studying telepathy, and that's what I want to share with the story I want to share with you tonight is um, our telepathic communion. And one night when we didn't know where each other was and it was a, um, a stressful situation. So it mattered a lot to both of us to know where each other were. And so we, we were in different states, um, literally, you know, physical states on the, USA. I was, I was in Michigan and she was in California and we both had a dream that uh, her dream, she saw me in trees and my dream, I saw her with a person that we both knew in black skin. So I understood this person that I, that we knew in black skin to be the friend of mine that I, uh, so I would recognize him and it came and then he came in the friend, the collective friend of ours in my, this is how I interpreted it as that person who was in her company and is as the collective friend that we shared, I understood who he was and I knew immediately where she was. And so I called and it was true. And it was such a blessing to know that she was okay. And the telepathy, the telepathy continues to this day. And 
we are still very much in a strong telepathic communion. And I'm really interested. Um, so, so that's the story of, of a way back then um, uh, that feels relevant to the, the potency of our communion when there's a genuine, um, like a mutual, there's something about the mutuality of it that we neither one question that we always trusted that. And um I mean, literally to to this day, there it is changed form and all that, which is another long subject. So I don't want to be too indie, um, but I just am curious how you, you my um, experience with telepathy in multiple dimensions of you know when your beloveds are talking to you from other planes and things. I'm really interested in this subject, and um, so I want to offer that story. That's a great story. I think it's, it, I think it shows your comfort. You know, when you, when you're comfortable with somebody, you can be totally open with them and you can have a connection with them a lot easier than, you know, with someone who isn't maybe as close. And also um, it will come to you. A lot of times telepathy will come to you in a way that you personally will understand it. Maybe no one else around you would know it or understand it or it wouldn't make sense, but it's going to come to you in a way that you will receive it. And, you know, you're very respectful to receiving it. And I think that's the important thing, too, is that you're open to it. You're willing to learn from it and let it take you where it needs to go to bring you to that point, you know, of understanding and of connection. And I think that that's really important. And I think that you know, with, with telepathy, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, it, it can come through so, so differently at times, even like just as you're, you know, from you, you might get it, you might receive it way, you know, one way, the next time it might come through totally different, but it, I feel like the other side, they'll, you know, it'll come to you. They kind of bring, bring something in to connect both of you and you'll get it the way that you're most likely to understand it. That's the best way I can put it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how how I feel like it works. And I think that when you're open to it and you're comfortable, especially with the person that like you're thinking of or receiving something from. And also I think if, you know, you're very in tune, you know, and I remember that from last month and, and with you being very in tune, you can pick up things maybe even a little easier than some people. And, you know, because you've had this all of your life, you know, and, and that, you know, makes a difference is that you're aware of it or more, let me say it that way. You've been more aware of it all your life. And I think that you carry that with you. And so therefore, when you connect, you, you can kind of zoom in a little easier maybe. And, and then it opens up like for each person, maybe, you know, with the one person you're trying to connect with that, that relationship, you were able to connect that way. There might be something totally different from someone else because they make you feel a different way. They make you feel, maybe they, you feel a little off. So when something comes through, it might feel a little off, but then that's how that relationship is. So, you know, keep, keep at it and keep being open. And I think that, you know, it's not already sounds like you, ha- you know, you've made those intentions, which that's also a big thing is when you're making an intention that you want to connect with someone and they're wanting to connect with you, that also opens the door. You know, that's why I always say with, you know, with our loved ones who have passed, when we know they, they're trying to come through to us. And so when we open that door and allow them to come through, it's a lot easier and they'll, they'll come through in whatever way that they can come to us to give us comfort or, you know, to help us through our process. 
I mean, that's how I feel. Betty, you know, do you have a... Well, I would just just want to ask, Chanel, if you said you're an avid gardener, and I'm just wondering, you know, some people say in working with the soil and the plants that uh, in a, in a, a, a loving, respectful way is that sometimes uh, information comes in that way, working while working with nature or with the earth. Do you have those experiences in gardening by any chance? Oh, absolutely. And I have those experiences in cooking, too. I oh, swear the vegetables gossip. <laughs> yes. It's an alchemy in and of itself, isn't yes. it? Yes. Well, that's, yeah. that's interesting. And, Betty, that was, that's perfect, too, because, you know, I, I actually know of a medium who she was telling us a story one day that she loves to, you know, go within when she's vacuuming. And I started laughing and I was like, well, yeah, because you're in your, you're in your place, you're in that space. So it would be the same with the gardening and the cooking. And I do the same thing when I'm cooking. A lot of times I get a lot of information in the kitchen for some reason. So yeah, mm, I think that's really right. great. That's interesting. Well, it's a, a, a repetitive movement too, with the vacuum cleaner, which also helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the vacuum cleaner, it's kind of like the, the place, the outer mind can go and just like yeah. get lost in that big sound and then go win like a protector exactly. of some sort. Exactly. It's kind of captivated. So it allows the other brain to the white noise step up and say, Hey, <laughs> listen to me. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's good. You have a really yeah. good state of awareness. Um, um, well, thanks. I'm growing legs on it. I'm curious, would you consider the telepathic communion uh, translatable, perhaps using the union way that he used symbols to, um, uh, uh, like the subconscious symbolism to the material. You know, I'm interested in this bridge. How do you translate that? Would the the union model of uh, like bringing things from subconscious and in the symbolic language, it seems related. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, I definitely think so. Um, they're just okay. Yeah, there's so many. We are in. Uh, how can we describe it? We are in uh, an atmosphere. That's not the best word for it. Of consciousness, we are consciousness, and everything is. Mm-hmm. So that it can communicate, we can communicate with each other, create these bridges, you might say, between the other world or each other in telepathic communication. Uh, because hmm. it, if we're tuned in, like a radio, if we just tune in, you know, we get that station and we can, but there's a lot of static in the outer world and in us often that prevents it. But I think the most natural thing in the world is telepathic communication. Uh, you know, the San Bushman, hmm. the beautiful, uh, life in so many ways that when they can be out on the hunt and if they do get something an animal to bring back for the people the people in the camp already know before they get there they have already prepared for it but then they can also communicate with each other telepathically wherever they are and as that communication begins to come through and this i think is so interesting their heart begins to tap it's just when there's like ringing telephone. Mm. (laughs) If they get the communication Mm. that someone somewhere else in the desert is telling them something. Uh, So I just think there's so many ways. But we build these 
bridges in in infinite ways, actually, because we are all conscious mm. and we can create infinite ways of creating with each other and of experiencing other dimensions or realities. So, Right. No, I agree. I mean, you know, there's a lot of field of energy around us. And I think if we're just kind of mindful mm. to our thoughts, you know, we can be in tune with that. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, I think of um, just now thinking of a woman I, I worked with, and uh, she had been in France for the summer. And on the first day of school, she when I passed by her office, she said, she came out and she said, Betty, I've got to talk with you. I've got to talk with you. And this was a woman who's very rational and didn't, didn't, wasn't really thinking much about what we're talking about. And she came into my office and closed the door because she didn't want anyone to hear what she was saying. And she said, Betty, hmm. I, you were in Paris with me. You were with me this summer. And we had long conversations. And she said, mm. then I went about, you know, what I was doing in Paris. And I knew for a week, I knew exactly what we talked about. And I didn't write it down. And I was going to, but I, when I started to write it down, I couldn't remember it. But she said, we talked. We talked about so many things. And uh, she mm. found a pair of earrings that were uh, of the labyrinth in Hungary, but it was a labyrinth. <laughs> and uh, she just felt that she had to give me that as a result of our conversations. But that kind of concerned me because she was, a. I had just, my son had just died. And I think that was oh. a part of her focus too. But she, um, I had a feeling that for a person who hadn't experienced that before, something was really trying to get through mm. to her. And uh, and mm. within two months, within two months she did die, uh, so mm. I think that oh wow yeah I think maybe I was a metaphor <laughs> you know because I had experienced the death of my son recently uh, and in my myth class mm. we often talked about it she had taken it as several of the faculty had but I just thought here is a woman who had not been a part of that life but as she's beginning to to maybe cross that bridge to go home. She mm. communication mm. so that she couldn't remember, it, but somehow I think she was prepared and okay with it. She actually mm. cried in my office. She just said, "It's it's the damnedest thing," mm. <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> it, it it happened. So I, I think it comes to us sometimes when we really need to know something. It comes as a surprise, and other times when we're open, it's just part of our daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I noticed with telepathy, I, I, the animals use it, and I mean, you can't lie in telepathy. Yeah. Um, that 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 was the uh, so in the telepathic communion that she's experiencing with you. There's, it's like this. I think you hit it right on the head. She's going home. This the higher energy is coming in, and you're a um, a safe place for that to express itself. Yeah, and so, I, yeah, I think she had a premonition, and you were her premonition, Betty. Pardon me? You were her I said, I think she had a premonition, and you were her premonition. Yes, that's why I say perhaps it was a metaphor yeah. for her that because I was going through the experience of death of someone I loved, right. and, and she was preparing to do that, and uh, and so she... She had me there 
you know, whether yeah. I, I, maybe it was really there. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you yeah, were I, for her. She, yeah. In some yeah. space. And because they had yeah. and, and the faculty and students, too, they'd all been so present for me. So if I could have done something mm. like that, or at least just embodied the premonition that was coming to her, you know. Right. Uh, she well, had, how many times does that happen when, you know, somebody says, gosh, I don't know how this happened, but all of a sudden I knew I had to do this or I had to stop or I had to go here. Or, I had to, you know, not take the plane ride or something that just co- told them not to mm-hmm. do it. And then they go on with their life and they're like, that was that one incident. And I'm like, no, no, keep going. You're there. You, you know, you had that breakthrough, you know, keep, keep experiencing whatever you need to and allow more to come through, you know? And I think that, that's important too, is it's not just that one thing. It, there might be 20 little tiny things that we don't see or that they just seem minimal, but they really constantly add to the story of, you know, our whole path and yes. opening. Absolutely, because in her case, we evidently had long conversations. <laughs> right. Say, and I remember mm. the uh, mm. night before my father died, I knew he was in the hospital. I knew he'd had a heart attack. I was way across the country. But that night... Uh, I kept um, I kept feeling someone was missing. Someone was missing, and I kept putting my hand over to see that my husband was still there. He was there, and I thought someone's missing. Something's mm. happened. Someone, it's it was something missing. And when I woke up and had my consciousness, then I thought, oh, it's my father, and I I didn't mm. feel that he was going to live after having that sense well. of such such absence. I wasn't sure of who. And even though I knew my father was in the hospital, it was just absence. So it's here. This is my friend experienced on conversations. And all I experienced before his death was something was gone. Someone was missing. And I think he, his soul was probably leaving at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for sure. Wow. And I think that, that, that makes a, that's the thing too, is that you had a different experience you know, with each person. And it's, that's how it works. It doesn't have to be the same type of thing. It can be that feeling of missing or that feeling of constant chatter or, you know, whatever that may be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways, just if there's so many ways to express ourselves rationally, there are so many ways to express ourselves spiritually. Right. It's just a reminder Mm. that there's so much value in the moment when it is happening and to, you know, go into it and experience it and get what you need to get out of it into, you know, basically it, it could be, you know, for your own comfort or for if you're going through grief or whatever that may be, or just, you know, to connect with somebody like, you know, that they're going to be okay. You know, that's a thing too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Betty, I'm curious. How did you experience her telling you that you had been there? Did you have any sense of, uh, of some level of your consciousness in communion with her or was um, this sort of a monologue in your honor or, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm, cause I'm curious about that because people yes, have said I, that to me too. And I felt very estranged by that. You know, um, I did not have any experience of having been with her, but when she told me mm-hmm. that I had the deep intuition that she was going to leave the planet. Uh, but ah, I didn't. Have, I didn't ah. have any knowledge of the experience, though. But um, uh, interesting. But I there was one person. So you, um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just, just analyzing. I'm like, yeah. I, well, I was just going to say that I had an experience with a 
a person in Hungary, and my husband was there, and she told him the experience she had, and she had the experience that I was there with her. And that night, Mm. I had the experience of jumping through a circle into another dimension to be with someone. But that's all I knew. But so I thought that was kind of an interesting way of communicating to me Mm. that I'd been gallivanting around the planet at night. (laughs) But that's all I had was just Um, I had through a circle to another dimension. But when he called the next day, he immediately said, did you have any experience last night? Oh my gosh. <laughs> because she had had that anyway. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Well, mom used to talk a lot about, um, she's really excited about leaving her body because she was so tuned into the awareness of being in multiple places at once. And when you said that, it reminded me of, of her excitement about that because I, I wonder if it's just like that, that way um, I might perceive my own limitation. I mean, of course you could go to France and be there and just not have, you know, the full story. I, I don't know. It's just so intriguing the way the multiple dimensions of our existence are constantly in communion and what access we have in our bodies. Like what what little tiny, little bitty, weeny, beeny, teeny, eeny, beeny, 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 beeny bit actually comes through in our heads. It's like so striking to me how little that is. (laughs) It's really true. And then there's something too about maybe it was important for me not to know her experience, you know, until Mm. I I don't know. There's something, you know, in that world of great respect of, you know, of um, not sometimes, you know, you can know something, but we need to ask the person about, whom the subject is circling if it is okay to know that so i wondered sometimes if uh if uh it was important for her to tell me you know rather than for me to already know it i don't know or i could just be you know pretty mm-hmm. thick-headed <laughs> and not know where i was <laughs> right oh that's right well jamil we have to thank you very much for calling us uh, again, this month, we are so grateful to hear from you again and to hear that telepathic story and yes. about your three mothers that have nurtured yeah, you in wonderful. different ways. So feel free to call us again um, on the fourth Thursday of next month. <laughs> yes, and so we need to say goodbye. And Janet needs to do something special. <laughs> Thank, okay. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go ahead and we'll close with our Mahayama prayer. May all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected be fulfilled, awakened, liberated, and free. May there be peace in this world and throughout the entire universe. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. And that's it for tonight. Oh, thank thank you, you, Janet and Don and Kim. And thank you to our listeners. Yes, thank you everybody for listening. And you guys take care and we'll see you next month. Good night. Good night. All right. Good night.